You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Today, I uh, got my groceries early this morning, which was, oh. uh, which was good to see because uh, I'm starting to get hungry already, but uh, we'll make it through the next little while here before we get prepared to, uh, for me to start cooking my meal. Oh, good for you. I've that's, got that's some, an early start to the day. I've got some uh, some fish that I've bought for this week with a bit of meat. I haven't stayed away from meat for these last couple of weeks, but uh, trying to remind myself and reintroduce it into my diet occasionally. Change it up, add some yeah, vitamins, good. Exactly. Good. We're going to talk about uh, a vitamin today, actually, in a couple oh, very of minutes. well. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's show is taped again, so no opportunity for calling in, but please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all three locations. And do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you have any questions for us or, or want to uh, propose any show uh, suggestions. Anything is great. We'd love to hear from you. And please do subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of your favorite podcast platforms. And you can find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. So apropos to just what we talked about, um, I wanted to talk a bit about vitamin C. It's probably the most well-known in some circles, in some situations, vitamin C. We always hear about it and oranges and we kind of know that it's important. Um, it's, it's common. And so sometimes as it goes with human nature, common things we just don't think about too much. Um, but when it comes to strengthening the immune system and um, in the situation that we're facing now with COVID-19, I've heard a lot more about uh, vitamin C and suggesting vitamin C. So I thought maybe I would just give you um, a, a little bit about the different types of vitamin C because it can be a little confusing. And I've had people ask which type of vitamin C supplement I should take. So I thought I'd spend a bit of time and go over that with you. So vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin. So that means that it dissolves in water. And it also means that it's not stored in our body like the fat-soluble vitamins. So if we have too much vitamin C at once, it will come out in our urine. 
It is supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be consumed every day. It's in many, many plants and many foods that we eat. So generally speaking, we can get adequate amounts of vitamin C from um, what we eat. However, we often don't eat enough of the right foods. So adding vitamin C, or if you're trying to strengthen your immune system, is a good addition to your health regime. And vitamin C is important for um, the protein used to make and strengthen our skin, tendons, and ligaments. It helps us to heal um, from wounds. It helps to repair and maintain our cartilages and bones. And it's also very important for the absorption of iron. So um, it has many, many functions. It's, a, it's an antioxidant and it's it's just because it's it's so um, pervasive in our health, um, we talk about it a lot. So let's talk about the different types of vitamin C supplementation. So there is ascorbic acid. So this is the form of vitamin C that's naturally found in foods. It is fairly bioavailable, has some very good bioavailability, but some people taking in a supplement form can find it um, a little bit tough on the gut, can be a little bit hard to tolerate. There is vitamin C that are fortified or, or the bioflavonoids are added to it. These compounds are added to the supplement often to deliver extra immune benefits and also can help to increase the bioavailability of vitamin C. Mineral ascorbates such as calcium and magnesium ascorbates are often called buffered vitamin C. So when you're finding a supplement that's called a vitamin C supplement, it's called buffered. Um, it's done so with the calcium and magnesium ascorbate. And many people find these to be a gentler form of vitamin C, so better tolerated. Um, but you do have to consider um, the mineral dosage that you're taking with the vitamin C. So you, you're going to be getting calcium with, um, you know, in a, in a vitamin C that has the calcium ascorbate. So you just need to be a little bit mindful that you're not getting too much of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the time-released vitamin C. And this is often preferred for people uh, because of the bioavailability. It's it's released in smaller amounts throughout the day. Um, so a time-release formula, the, what it's aiming to do is solve the problem of you having to take multiple doses of vitamin C. Um, because as I said, you can't take a large dose and have it stay in your body. If your body doesn't absorb it, it's released into the system. So on a time-release basis, it's, it's taking um, away that issue of having to take different allotments of the vitamin okay. C. Yeah. Got it? Is that mm -hmm. clear as mud? Just about, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, I know it can be a little bit convoluted, but um, there you have it. it. A lot of people are very interested. There's also vitamin C, IV vitamin C, which is given um, in a naturopathic setting usually, and that's to help boost the immune system and give you benefits right, right um, into the body through an IV technology. So that's often used. You hear that often in the area of cancer care. So although, as I said, sometimes when something is common, we, ha we tend to devalue it because it's heard of a lot. Vitamin C is critical for our health. And right. especially now, it's a very good preventative. So um, 
you can get it in many forms. You can get it in a multi, but um, there you go. Some, some information for you. Thanks, Kat. Now, you're very welcome. Now, on to um, a different vitamin. We have Dr. Barry Tan here, and we're going to be diving into vitamin E. Dr. Barry, and specifically the tocotrienols, but he will explain the difference um, um, amongst the, the vitamin E the two parts of the vitamin E. So um, we'll get into that. I don't want to take away from his thunder, but Dr. Barry Tan is hailed as a trailblazer and the world's foremost expert on vitamin E, credited with discovering tocotrienol in three major natural sources, palm, rice, and anatto. A scientist first and foremost, Dr. Tan earned his PhD in chemistry and biochemistry from the University of Otago, New Zealand, and spent several years as a professor at UMass. Today, his research focuses on lipid-soluble nutrients that reduce and slow chronic conditions. It's a very interesting topic. Um, I came I came into uh, meeting Dr. Tan, listening to a webinar where he was differentiating tocotrienols from tocopherols, and you'll come to understand the difference and the really potent benefits of tocotrienols. So the learning points today, some of the learning points are going to be what are tocotrienols, what are the health benefits of tocotrienols, and why should we not combine the two types of vitamin E in a supplement form. So we will be back to talk to Dr. Tan in a few minutes. Something different, so come and be different. Oh, I 
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. As you know, this show is being taped, so no opportunity for Colin. But please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at The Health Hub RMC on all three places. And do feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. If you have any questions about this show, about our guest, Dr. Tan, Anything you'd like to talk to us about. Uh, Dr. Tan, I want to thank you so much for joining us and taking the time to uh, talk to us about tocotrinos. Yeah, I'm glad to be on the show. Looking forward to this. Yes, it's, you know, it's an interesting topic, not one that's common knowledge. Um, and before we get into maybe your interests in, um, in, in the nutrient, maybe tell us actually what toco, now I say a tocotrinos. Is that the right way to say it or is it yeah. tocotrienos? Uh, people have said it both ways, tocotrienol or tocotrienol. I, I usually use the latter, tocotrienol. Okay, we'll go with that one. So what exactly is tocotrienol? It is part of the vitamin E uh, family. And the common vitamin E that people know is tocopherol on your cereal box. And that has been known since the 1920s, almost uh, 22, uh, almost 100 years ago. About halfway through uh, 50 years ago, or 50 years after the first discovery of tocopherol, and then uh, the USDA, as well as uh, researchers in University of Birmingham in England, they discovered this new toco uh, uh, vitamin E that has three double bonds, and hence the word tri. So it's toco trienol. So it's exactly the same as a tocopherol, except that the tail has three double bonds. And then that's it. And so that has been known for uh, now 50 years. So is this, um, are these, you know how the vitamin B complex is a number of different vitamins. Is this similar to that idea? So you've got the whole vitamin and this is a a portion of the complete vitamin? That's a very good question. Uh, uh, It's not like the vitamin B. The vitamin B is a cluster of... um, vitamin called B for the reason uh, there's a second one that they figure out and it has to do with growth factor. The B vitamin has to do with growth factor, uh, energy production, and they are water soluble. It was just a nomenclature uh, uh, dependent on something very arbitrary. But with the vitamin E, uh, as is some other vitamin, they are structurally similar. So they are not different other functions. And so when the E was found, it was largely found uh, uh, to help uh, the fetus to go to full term. And most people may not even know that. That is actually what vitamin E was. It's a burst vitamin. But most people today know vitamin E uh, as an antioxidant, how they protect our body. And, and, and the tocotrienol, you know, we came 50 years after tocopherol, which is why people don't hear about it so much because the tocopherol mask the understanding of tocotrienol. But uh, the last 30 years in particular, and we have put a lot of efforts at universities throughout the world, and uh, some of them came from Canada as well, that they started to study this compound and bring forth the understanding of what this compound could do that the plant makes as different from tocopherol. So 
why would you not take a whole vitamin E? Why separate it into the two parts? Or is, are, do they come as a package? No, they don't. Um, your question can be split into two. Uh, 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 oftentimes in nature, when it makes carotene, for example, we have 700 of them, or polyphenol, we probably have about a thousand of them. They are mixture. And the concept that populate our mind would be that if nature makes it as a, as a host of them, then it would be like an orchestra, like a spectrum. It does have a good ring in them because this is how the plant makes them. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes we say that when they do that, that it become additive and synergistic. And it could also do that. But rarely, and this becomes a rare exception in tocopherol and tocotrienol, rarely, but it does happen. If there is a possibility that things interact with another to be synergistic, things can also interact with one another to be antagonistic. But the second part, antagonistic, most people do not want to spend the time doing that, <clears throat> and it's understandable. So far, I know of two antagonistic nutritional supplements. <clears throat> I don't mean drug interaction. Drug interaction, e- even a lot more. And, for example, I- I'll say the other one before I say the vitamin E thing, because it is well-known, and, and you, your listening audience most certainly would know about this. The color of like carotene. We take beta carotene, we take lutein for the eye, lycopene for lung health, and azacentin as an antioxidant. They're all carotenes like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the first most popular carotene is beta carotene. Before, there were lycopene, azacentin, and lutein, zeaxanthin, all of these other things. And then there are 650 more of them. Most of them you can only find in nature when you eat vegetable, not from the supplement side. Well, since beta carotene was popularly known to convert to vitamin A, and it's good for the eye, rhodopsin, and all these wonderful things. So when people come to know about lutein and zeaxanthin, which is for the macula, it's also for the eye, but it's on the back side of the eye that uh, have the reception of the images. And then people start to say, oh, beta-carotene is good for the eye, and lutein-lycopene is good for the eye, then we should take it together. And then came uh, Phyllis Bowen, Professor Bowen, B-O-W-E-N. She was at, I'm pretty sure she's retired now. She was at the University of Illinois in Chicago. She decided to study, if people take beta-carotene and lutein together, what would happen? You would expect it to be synergistic. And I think she must have a reason to suspect otherwise. And then she did, and she found out that beta-carotene interferes with the absorption of lutein. So there is an example mm. that is not synergistic, it's antagonistic. Precisely the same is that of tocopherol and tocotrienol. Tocopherol, it has a transport protein, meaning that uh, it has a, a chaperone. It, 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 the chaperone is a protein mostly, it holds on to the alpha tocopherol and brings it right in. Everybody else have to uh, line up and, and have passive diffusion, call it. They slowly come in. That's the same thing for beta carotene. It has a transport protein to just take it in, but not so for lutein and also not so for tocotrienol. Therefore, if you wish to mine the benefit of a lutein for macular degeneration, <clears throat> 
and tocotrienol, which I'm sure you're going to ask me about the different function it could do, then you would want to take it without the presence of tocopherol. Otherwise, tocopherol would block the absorption of the tocotrienol. So that's, that's the reason. Okay. So what food is vitamin E found in? Vitamin E is found in food that are rich in oil. For okay. example, avocado, nuts, pistachio, uh, coconut, palm. Sometimes people uh, take vegetable oil for cooking, soybean oil, uh, corn oil, and the uh, uh, olive oil. This vegetable oil frequently contain, I, I'm just using a broad sweep number, more than 90, 95% of the time to cough roll. And 5-10% of the time, tocotrienol, such that if you take a normal food with vegetable oils and nuts, one would probably get about 10 to uh, 12 milligram of tocopherol, and one would uh, get probably about 2 at most 3 milligram of tocotrienol, almost infinitesimal, especially if we have a Western diet. Got it. Okay. So... Vitamin E, um, in case people don't know, is a fat-soluble vitamin as a package. Um, now, maybe you could explain what a fat-soluble vitamin is to everybody. But my, my bigger question here is, once you've split off the vitamin E into two pieces, are the tocotrienols also fat-soluble, or do, are they different from the tocopherols? Okay. Um, they, they, uh, both tocopherol and tocotrienol are fat-soluble. Okay. And then you, you mentioned the first one, what, would, what is fat-soluble? Um, um, how about I distinguish the one that is definitely water-soluble? Okay. The B vitamins and the C, vitamin B and C are water-soluble. Probably all the other vitamins are lipid-soluble, A, D, E, and K. They are lipid-soluble. Lipid-soluble means that they don't dissolve in water, they dissolve in oil and fat, uh, and then simplistically and largely true, that if you want the benefit of this lipid-soluble vitamin, one should take it with a meal, because with a meal, there'll be enough fat, and uh, uh, there'll be enough other things that will churn in our stomach, and then emulsify in our gut, and then they would absorb. Otherwise, if it's just taken orally on with a glass of water and you don't have food in the stomach, it does not absorb properly. So that's simplistically. And, and even our body teaches us that. If we take food in the stomach after it's churned and digested, it goes into the gut. The moment it goes into the gut, uh, the, the body, our brain will tell our body to secrete, a pan, uh, secrete pancreatic juice and emulsifier. We just call it bile salt, you know, the bitter element from the bile that comes through. And then those are actually the, our own body's making of its natural detergent. So detergent will tend to emulsify, kind of like your hand is oily, you put soap, and then you can see it washes off. And then it can, so in the body, it's not washes off. In the body, the emulsifier will come and wrap around the lipid-soluble material, make it a little bit watery, and then it would absorb. So uh, a scientist call it emulsifying. So if you emulsify it well, then it would absorb well. And if it's not emulsified well on a lipid-soluble thing, then it just uh, uh, pass through the GI tract and then would just come out and won't be absorbed. Got it. So let's get into digging deeply into the tocotrienols. 
why do you have an interest in this portion of vitamin mm-hmm. E? It, it was not uh, an intent, although your question is intentional, uh, uh, it, it became intentional now. I, I was uh, as an assistant professor at the University of Massachusetts teaching chemistry at the time, and then I went on to do food science and nutrition. So the year I started in University of Massachusetts in Amherst was in 1982, barely a year after that. I was studying palm oil. At the time, palm oil is not viewed very positively because of saturated fat, but I wasn't working on the fat side. But I noticed that the palm oil is intensely orange color. And then I later found out that it was carotene because most vegetable oil is light, yellowish color, but not intensely orange color, light and orange peel color or carrot color. That's a little bit not the normal. So, and these carotenes are very unstable. So when I was looking at them, at first I remove all the fat and I remove all the color. Then I always have like very tiny amount, like half a percent or 0.1% of something light, pale yellow color that isn't the carotene, that isn't the fat, which is most of it. But it, it never goes away. So every time I did it, it did the same. So my curiosity was aroused. So I, I went to study it and I noticed that it's got very high antioxidant property. So immediately I sent an email to the funding uh, uh, government in Malaysia because Malaysia and Indonesia produce, uh, produce a lot of uh, palm oil. They said, oh no, that's just vitamin E. And I, then I thought, oh, all right, they just say it's vitamin E. So when I analyzed it, I saw that there are four components, four peaks. Only one of them matches vitamin E as an alpha tocopherol. So I let them know it again. Said that you know there's three other things there. I don't know what it is. Is that I'm you know I, I I have already identified the vitamin E. Now they don't seem to be highly interested at the time, but I was at the university. I was curious, and then I found when deeper research found out that they were tocotrienol. That was a little. Uh, 30, 35 years ago, 1984, when I discovered that. And then since then, my entire scientific career have been arrested. So this is definitely not a flash in the pan. So the last 30, 35 years, I stay with this compound, believing that it could have a, a, a nutritional benefit and have done many research in the following decades to attest what this tocotrienol vitamin E could do that has properties unshared by the tocopherol. Uh, now, are there, did you say there were different types of tocotrienols? Yeah, they have the four Greek letter, alpha, beta, delta, and gamma. It just means uh, different groups attached to the ring. Just try to uh, give, have a picture, a, tocof, a vitamin E molecule, whether it's tocopherol or tocotrienol, look like a tadpole or a sperm. It has a head and then it's a, a tail. A tocopherol tail is longer. A tocotrienol tail is slightly shorter because the double bond makes it shorter. And then the head is the antioxidant side. And this particular molecule snugs in perfectly onto the phospholipid, which means the cell membrane of a cell. All cells must have a membrane, otherwise it will disembowel. You, you can't have that. So the content of the cell must be wrapped around a, a, a cell membrane. This is particularly important because most of the content in the cell membranes are fat. 
and then they have to keep the content inside and not come out. And then, so therefore, the fat, in order for it to maintain its integrity, the fat had to be protected from oxidation. So precisely because of this, vitamin E molecule is a perfect antioxidant. So I'm hoping that your audience will probably have heard of the word antioxidant many a time. But, but sometimes the word antioxidant is used quite trite because everybody say antioxidant. So I'm hoping to appeal to your audience. The antioxidant, if you want to cut the noise off, the antioxidant that is important is the antioxidant that protects fat. Why? Because fat is the easiest thing to oxidize. By the time you oxidize your protein, which we don't want our protein to be oxidized, understand. We don't want our DNA and nucleic acid to be oxidized, understand. Also, we also don't want our carbohydrate to be oxidized, also true. But none of those come close to the way in which fat is oxidized. You just have to put a stick of butter on a hot summer day in Toronto. You'll know exactly what I mean. It's the first to smell that. And also when you, when you see the foul smell of a roadkill, that is not the protein. It's not anything else. It's the fat. It just turns you off because the fat immediately have a stench. It's the fat oxidation. So when it comes to a human body, because each of us have approximately lean 20% fat, and on the other end, maybe even 30% fat. So some 20, 30% of our body weight on fat need to be primarily protected. And vitamin E molecule is perfect for that. That's very interesting. And you're, you're so right about antioxidants being thrown around and what they do because um, we, we talk about oxidation and it's a natural part of, of body function. A lot of, that ta- a lot of that talk, though, is around metabolic processes um, and using antioxidants mm-hmm. for um, grabbing free radicals from metabolic processes. But the natural breakdown of fat that, or the breakdown of fat that we, we, we don't talk about a lot um, and the antioxidants that we need to protect those fats, you're right, it, it's, very, it's not talked about quite as much and, and maybe not something, cell structure may not be something that we focus on enough. Uh, it's, it's a very important point to, to come across. Um, yeah. I, I've hesitated in asking you about the health benefits of the tocotrienols. I think um, I'm going to take a break because I want to spend the whole next segment talking about the health benefits of this. I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt you as we were going through it. So let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and, and Dr. Tan is really going to discuss with you why tocotrienols are so vital for your health. All related, brothers and strangers, the king and the beggar bleed the same. We've all got a sickness, a terminal condition. We medicate it, but the pain won't go away. See the eyes of a million faces, looking for it in a million places. Only one can save us, Jesus.
darkness Lost till you found us You're the remedy we're looking for You You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking with Dr. Barry Tan, and we are going to spend the next segment of the show talking about the health benefits of tocotrienols. So what has impelled you the most to carry on and dig, dig, dig into the benefits of these tocotrienols? Um, Mostly because, of course, uh, you know, just like the path of true love doesn't run smooth, the path of true (laughs) research definitely does not run smooth. When I first discovered tocotrienol from palm oil and rice bran oil, I did know that the tocotrienol do a good job. The problem is palm and rice tocotrienol contains 25 to 30% tocopherol. As I indicated earlier, the tocopherol put breaks on the function of tocotrienol. So then about 22 years ago, I happened to be in uh, South America and I can't speak a word of Spanish. I was there looking for something else, looking for lutein, actually, because of macular degeneration. There was a Harvard professor. Her, uh, her name was Johanna Seedon. And Professor Seedon said that the eye uh, contains lutein and is good for the eye. Now it's abundantly known. Everybody knows lutein is good for the eye. So I went there to look for the giant marigold, which I did. The petal contains lutein to extract. That's also what I did. We found it. But... Fate has it that about 20 feet away from me, I saw this plant called anato. The Spanish people call it a choite. The British call it the lipstick plant because of the intense red color. It's another carotenoid. 
but the pot opened beautifully, and we use it in the West to color cheeses. But I noticed that, and I asked a question, there must be something powerful antioxidant to protect the color from degradation. And to have this, uh, the story simplified, this anato uh, 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 color that is protected is then the strong antioxidant is tocotrienol. So we took it back, did the analysis, and it's the first time to my surprise and my chemist surprise that it contained only tocotrienol free of tocopro. So I knew if tocotrienol would do all these wonderful things, I found a natural source of this right from the Amazonia. So in the two decades after I, I discovered it, we started to do research on them. And the two components in them is delta tocotrienol and gamma tocotrienol. And we systematically study chronic conditions, conditions as we age, such as fatty liver, such as lipidemia, meaning that cholesterol and the triglycerides are high for people that have diabetes or metabolic syndrome. And of course, an, a well-known and not a welcome chronic condition would be cancer. So those are the major things we are studying. And the last thing we're currently studying is uh, postmenopausal women with obesity. Uh, we already study postmenopausal women with osteopenia uh, before they become osteoporotic. So I'd like to share with you some of the findings of this after we've done many, many years of animal studies. So the clinical trials uh, are these. Uh, we did cancer study on, uh, it is done in Denmark, on uh, men and women, uh, some of course is only for women. On the women, one is breast cancer, ovarian cancer. And then on the one, the men and women, colon cancer, lung cancer, what's the other one? Uh, a pan pancreatic cancer. So those are the ones that we choose. There are much, many more other cancers, but we can't not spend resources on so many other cancers, which we would like to, but couldn't. Actually, if there were to be a sixth one, I'd like to do liver cancer. Mm -hmm. We're not quite to do that yet. Of all the studies being done, two of them are out. The ovarian cancer and the pancreatic cancer. Let me speak about the ovarian cancer. We recruited uh, uh, women on stage four ovarian cancer. So the odds are not good because the cancer have gone just about everywhere. So the normal drug that they use is called Avastin. They just stop the tumor from growing like that. And then the other group would be Avastin plus tocotrienol. 300 milligrams three times a day with breakfast, lunch, dinner. And after one year, the survival uh, uh, is about 60%. And the one that are taking just uh, the drug by itself, most of them are not living. And even after 24 months, 25% uh, um, of those that took tocotrienol are still living. For this one, where the five-year survival rate is 50%, is remarkable. Mm -hmm. Tocotrienol is not a drug, so we just published this. So we are continuing the study. The breast cancer trial probably will complete by the end of this year, so hopefully we'll know results next year. Uh, the the, the uh, you know, coronavirus uh, uh, trouble stopped so that the study could continue. Right. But if not, then we should expect results sometime next year. The other cancer study is pancreatic cancer. As you know and your audience know, pancreatic cancer 
is probably the deadliest of all cancer and most people don't make it you know with that and that study is done in Tampa Florida so they they, they did that study designed a little differently they're not stage 4 cancer they, they, they are coming in for surgery so they only received topo try you know 14 days and 14 days only prior to surgery because they can't wait when they have pancreatic cancer so they have the lowest dose at 200 milligram tiny to the highest dose which is about three grams which is very high and then they found out that the, the, the dose that is just seemed to be the optimal would be somewhere between 500 to 600 milligrams one finding the second finding is the lowest dose at 200 milligram when they excise the tumor they can see the death of the cancer uh, from the uh, uh, scope study. So they're waiting for the government, the US government to fund into a next study uh, on the elderly population, possibly in Miami and Tampa like that. That has not started. So those are the findings. Uh, the other studies are awaiting. And in animal study, they almost certainly shrink the tumor, kill the cancer, all this wonderful thing. And, and if the audience wanted to, you can go to PubMed, you type tocotrienol and cancer, there will be hundreds of paper on this. So we're only focusing on the clinical trial. Now, outside the cancer, the other chronic condition we study, bone health. We study postmenopausal women, bone resorption after and menopause, the, the bone that kind of like close out the bone uh, uh, increase, and so the bone thin. So you reduce the ability of the bone to resort or, or, or break down. And it increases the ability of the bone to have turnover, to build up the bone. She's not going to become on the bone health like a puberty girl, mm -hmm. 15 to, to 25, not, not like that. But at least the breakdown is not enhanced and the build up is increased so that perhaps the ability to resist bone loss would increase and the oxidative stress to her body also uh, is impeded. And this, um, the women were taking 300 milligrams a day. We have a separate study which is on fat, lipidemia and cholesterol. The cholesterol dropped 15%, the bad cholesterol, LDL, also about 15, 20%, and triglyceride drop. And these people were taking 250 to 500 milligrams. And because the triglyceride dropped, so I got an idea that I should do study on uh, metabolic syndrome because men, people with metabolic syndrome, before, if they have diabetes, then the sugar will be rocket high. But before the, the sugar goes high, usually the triglyceride go up first. So we decided to study people who have metabolic syndrome, who have fatty liver disease. So we finished. We finish a study of three months. We give them 600 milligram a day. And then we did another study and finish a study for six months. So therefore we have two strong data points. And so convinced we are on this, we're actually conducting a study on 12 months. It's ongoing, won't be complete until next year. Anyhow, the data for the three months and six months study, simplistically, it's, it's simplistically but actual. First, the fatty liver index at three months is dropped 11% and 16% at six months. The C-reactive protein, which is a measurement of inflammation of the, 
of the body, particularly the liver. Many people do. Many people know C-reactive protein is measuring inflammation, but many people do not know that C-reactive protein is produced in the liver. So since we're studying fatty liver disease, perfect. So the CRP dropped 18% at three months and 24% at six months. So we know there's not a dose dependent, but it's a time dependent. And then something we did not expect, Kathy, was that at three months, because they're moderately overweight, they lost 10 pounds at three months, and at six months, they dropped 17 pounds. I do not consider vitamin E tocotrienol to be a weight loss product, but if they do lose weight, particularly their metabolic syndrome and NAFLD, non-alcohol fatty liver disease, is a good thing to have a weight loss. So, so that's that part, and the inflammation also is controlled. So, the, the, uh, so convinced we are on this, we're now conducting, started a study in Texas to study a six months trial, 300 milligrams to study inflammation marker and weight loss on uh, a, a, a women with obesity. So the study is ongoing. We would not know the result until towards the end of next year. So, so. Dr. Tan, is this all because of its antioxidant <laughs> value or are there other mechanisms of action that you're finding? Um, they, it, it is both. Uh, um, when, when we measure antioxidant, we try to measure the ones that are not obvious to the eye, like a degradation C-reactive protein, uh, a measurement of oxidized fat, measurement of oxidized protein, a measurement of any uh, antioxidant enzymes in the body, like glutathione, superoxide dismutase, those kind of things, if we're looking at the oxidation pathway. We also look at the non-oxidation pathway, particularly in the cancer. It, it is a little bit naive to say that cancer, if you control your body with antioxidant protection, then the cancer would go away. That, that simply is a little bit too simplistic. So in the cancer route, we look for, is there anything that the tocotrienol could do to turn off the DNA so the DNA of the cancer cell would not be immortalized and then they never die and overcome the cell. That is a process called apoptosis and we did that and it did that. The second thing on the cancer thing we did was when the cancer is more than about two millimeter, it's a tiny tumor. And then they would have an aberrant artery growing from itself to the nearby artery because they're growing furiously. So they need nutrient coming to them fast. So this process of growing this kind of like aberrant artery is called angiogenesis, growing of new artery. And the tocotrienol works to snap off and cut off the artery, essentially starving the tumor to death. So tocotrienol is an anti-angiogenic agent. So we found that tocotrienol can do that as well. So, so those mechanisms are distinctively different from antioxidant. Mm -hmm. Now, would this be a supplement that, um, you know, air quote, healthy person would take? Or is this a supplement that you're suggesting for um, someone who is suffering a health issue or a chronic disease? It, it would be for the gamut. This is how I would frame that. 
for a healthy person, because we have 38 trillion cells in our body, they need the antioxidant protection, like I mentioned at the beginning, for the cell wall to be protected, there will be an antioxidant protection, then approximately 100 to 250 milligrams per day. If the person have a mild chronic condition, uh, uh, and, and I explained some of them earlier, then probably 300 to 400 milligrams per day would work. Then I give that range because the person's weight uh, is different, you know, every person's mm -hmm. weight. And then the third one, if a person have an advanced chronic condition, like uh, the example that I gave, then probably 450 to 600 milligrams. And these are not high doses, and these are and these are not doses that you can find from food. As I mentioned, tocotrienol from food is a mere two to three milligram per day. Um, um, so I just had two questions pop into my head. Um, now, for someone like myself who has had cancer, would I be considered um, is is cancer prevention in the lower range, or would you say more, you know, three to 400 milligrams a day? I would say three to 400 milligrams per day because uh, you, I, I read your website, you are a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, to, so that to maintain that and to ward away after the, the cancer had come and gone, there's this thing called uh, <clears throat> cancer stem cell. Mm -hmm. So these are row cells. And we know very little of it. They, they, when you kill the cancer, the cancer row cells, the cancer stem cell, they, they circulate, about half a percent of them. Too many, it never come back, thank God. But And when they come back, we also don't know how they come back. So when people have relapsed, is it, usually our mind thinks it's relapsed because the cancer that is the deadly one came back. It could be the cancer is nailed but the cancer stem cell re-express themselves again. That is not the original cancer. So for that, I would say uh, 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 three to 400 milligrams would be applicable. Perfect. Now you are working with, with the Anato plant. There's a new supplement that you are investigating. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yes, I, uh, I acronize this to GG. The compound is called Gyroneal Gyronol, and one can go on the website. It's spelled G-E-R-A-N-Y-L, like a like an adjective, and then G-E-R-A-N-I-O-L, so G-G. And then this compound is an endogenous compound, which means our body naturally makes it, and then our body don't make enough as we age. So therefore, if, if our body makes it, it's easier to study because if our body makes this compound, this compound is made for a reason. What does it do? And it's a building block. This compound makes other famous things that you and I know about, like coenzyme Q10, energy ATP conversion, all these wonderful things. It also is used for making manoquinone, particularly MK4, which is good for the bone health and also for uh, the, the structure of the cell. And so that's what the compound can make and also in the making of proteins. So now as we age, this compound decrease and this can help to replenish them. Now certain things will accelerate the need for GG and two things in particular. We take statin drugs to lower cholesterol. Women take bisphosphonate 
to, uh, to impede the bone loss. Both of these two drugs, statins and bisphosphonate, they inhibit, they're on the same pathway as GG is being made in the body. So when we take this statin drug and bis, let's take statin drug, this is the most common one, to lower cholesterol. When they lower cholesterol, they lower GG also. So I refer to statin drug, yes, it lower cholesterol, but it is an indiscriminate cholesterol reducer such that it decimates other things, and GG is one of those it got mowed down too. So if you take statin drug and GG would drop, so what would be the consequence? The consequence would be people cannot make enough protein, and that's why the doctor says that you have, um, do you have myopathy or back pain? See, it's another way of expressing protein synthesis problem. Or the CoQ10 drop, because CoQ10 and protein synthesis require GG to be made. So I'm very excited about this, working uh, curiously to see what GG inhibition could, uh, could mean to our body and how this could be uh, 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 strengthened. So uh, uh, it is available in the U.S., but not yet in Canada. And in Canada, so um, the tocotrienos are not commonly known. In Canada, is there a supplement available to us? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, it, the website would be uh, uh, www.eanato. The letter A, B, C, D, E, E, Anato is spelled A-N-N-A-T-T-O dot C-A. And then that will lead you to one. Otherwise, the Amazon in Canada, the other two companies which we know are doing it in Canada is called Ecological Formulas and Nutricology. It's a play on the word nutrition and pharmacology. Nutricology. And then Ecological Formula, Amazon, and then uh, eanato.ca. I think that's a design for health website. So, no? Okay, perfect. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was told not. So anyway, if you go to eanato.ca, uh, that you'll find out more. So, And then also, if the audience listening on would like a copy of my book, uh, uh, you can download. It's free. It's a label of love. How I talked about the different kind of uh, uh, ailment it prevents and my discovery of the toko trinofamanato. So if you spell my name, B-A-R-R-I-E-T-A-N, barry10.com. And then uh, since you hear this from Health Hub, then you can type that as a code, then you should be able to download the whole book. It's an easy read, 60, 70 pages book. Excellent. And I will definitely put that once the, um, the radio show goes to a podcast, I'll put all that detail so um, they will be evergreen so people can um, go to the website, they can go to the podcast and go, get all that information as well. Uh, so many more questions I wanted to ask you, but we've pushed up against the clock. So Dr. Tan, I don't want to take any more of your valuable time. Thank you so much for sharing this information. It's, it's new to many people and it's it's cutting edge and it's it's an important piece of of a, a total health plan. So thank you for joining us. I really do appreciate you coming in and enlightening all of us. Thank you, Kathy. And if any of your audience have questions, can send us an email to the extent possible. We'll try to answer them. Have a blessed day and happy health. Thank you so much. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on the Health Hub. 
You have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.